Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Hey, loyal listeners. I'll be hosting this episode myself. I've been involved in software development for more than 25 years. I've started companies, led companies, and worked for companies, doing many different things. I'm honored to be considered a leader in Alberta's innovation ecosystem, and I give back as much and as often as I can. When I'm not working or podcasting, you'll find me pursuing my passions of photography, crypto investing, and woodworking, along with the occasional round of golf. Join me now for a special episode 200 with my special guests, Amber Rowden and Bridget Legault. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast for Rainforest Alberta. Today, I'm excited because we have episode 200. And so what I thought we'd do is something really fun. Uh, We often talk about on the podcast, we often have guests and we talk about who they are and how they got to where they are today and and their contributions to the ecosystem. But we don't spend a ton of time talking about the podcast itself or even Rainforest Alberta for that matter. So I have Rainforest Alberta here with Bridget Legault and Amber Rowden. So we have Bridget is the community manager and Amber Rowden is the community storyteller. Ladies, welcome. Thanks for having us, Al. Thank you so much for having us, Al. So we're going to have some fun. We don't know exactly how this is going to go or what we're going to talk about, but I think we have some ideas anyway. So uh, have some fun with us today. We're, we're, we're ready to light up Rainforest Alberta. Why don't we start by talking about what brought you to Rainforest Alberta and maybe a little bit about how it's been going, because both of you have had ample opportunity to say, I put in my time and I'm going to go off and do something else, but yet you're still here. So there's something keeping you in Rainforest. So please tell us, Amber, you're going to go first. I heard about Rainforest back when I was in college and, you know, I've had this love of like storytelling and being a part of startups and just being a part of entrepreneurs and hearing their stories and being around that energy. And so when I came to Rainforest, it was all about connecting and building trust and there's this whole energy in the tech ecosystem and and entrepreneurs that were going after these ideas and doers and dreamers that we like to call them. And so this energy that like I ha- had when I came to the community, I just really wanted to be a part of that. And so that's kind of what's kept me here because I meet new people each day and it just inspires me to keep continuing to build those connections and like changing. I want to say changing the world, but yeah, changing the world of what we do at Rainforest. It's it's an experience and a feeling that I can't even describe. And when when I first met you, when you first started with Rainforest, you were very introverted. And I think everyone can agree that you've really come out of your shell. What that what's that experience been like? I was very introverted. I remember the first time I met you and you actually gave me the confidence to like be more extroverted because I had a conversation with you and I was like, Al, I'm so shy. I don't think I can talk to anyone. I don't know how to do this. And you were like, you know what? Just like just have a conversation. Just be curious. Just ask them questions and like. That's how I came out of my shell. And I took that advice to heart because I just started to be curious about people and ask them questions. And so it's been an interesting shift. And I I really have you to thank for that. And I have Bridget and I have the rainforest because it's just a community of people that are just looking to connect and and be curious about each other and build those connections. So that's really 
been a highlight of my life to like have this extroverted introverted experience <laughs> that's so awesome that is so awesome bridget how are you okay so I came to Rainforest. I was already working in the entrepreneurship ecosystem for Momentum, a nonprofit in town. So I was facilitating programming there and joined the Calgary Innovation Coalition on behalf of Momentum. And that's where I had always heard about Rainforest, but in true transparency, I never understood what it was. I would tell our entrepreneurs to go to Rainforest and network, but I really still had no idea really where the movement came from, what it meant to the entrepreneurship community. And so, yeah, I joined the Calgary Innovation Coalition and became more immersed in the tech side of entrepreneurship and the innovation side of an entrepreneurship. And through that, obviously, became more aware of what Rainforest did. And I was at a bit of a transition. I was going back to school. I was doing a few a few different gigs around town and realized I had to kind of kind of start prioritizing where I was going to put my time. And there was a position available as part-time, short-term community manager. <laughs> and here I am over two years later to your question, Al, of what keeps you here. I was just thinking about that this week because obviously like I, I'm not, I haven't gone anywhere and I've taught, I do a lot of different things in the ecosystem and I've often talked about moving on from rainforest, but I just haven't been able to because I feel there's a lot of work to do. And once I became more aware and knowledgeable about where the movement stemmed from, the importance of it in accelerating our ecosystem in Alberta. I just, I'm just incredibly attached to the purpose. If not, it is a part of me and the social contract is a part of me. And it's so aligned with just how I've always lived. And I just want to see more living of the social contract in our ecosystem and now we just have so many exciting things happening that I can't tear myself away and probably won't for at least the short term because, yeah, the movement is really vibrant right now. So, yeah, we'll we'll see out a few a few more projects, Amber and I, and we'll see what comes next. What I'm going to do is maybe I'm being presumptuous, but there's probably some people that listen to this podcast that have never attended Rainforest Lunch Without Lunch. I mean, that's certainly possible. So. We should dive in a little bit about what Rainforest is. And I think we probably all know the history. I'll talk a little bit about my knowledge of the history. And then if I miss anything or get anything wrong, you can correct me. But essentially, I believe it was Jim Gibson had read the Rainforest book. We can link to the title. What's it called again? I believe it's Rainforest Building the Next Silicon Valley. I should know. Something like that. Yeah. It's right next to my computer all day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we'll link to that book in the show notes. But essentially, Jim read that book and went, oh my, this is, this is how we can make Alberta a tech center. And he approached his friend, Brad Zumwalt, and he said, read this book and Brad read the book and then they got together and went, oh, this is this is what we got to do. And so they ended up organizing an event in Banff with all of their friends and colleagues in the what was a burgeoning ecosystem at the time, people from the A100 and other other industry groups. And they brought everybody out to Banff for like a summit kind of idea where they all sat around and talked about this concept. And someone, and I forget the name of it, of, of the gentleman, suggested that a cadence of having a weekly meeting might be a really good way to just 
if we do anything, at least if we have a cadence, then things will continue. Yeah, I think it was have Evan you, but yeah, um, yeah that's yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And so that was where Lunch Without Lunch was born. And so every single Wednesday from that date onward, which what are we approaching six years now or something like that? Right. So so for six or seven years, nearly every single Wednesday, there's been a rain lunch without lunch where everybody gathered and it's taken different kind of different directions and we've experimented with different things. I say we like I'm part of the rainforest. I'm just the podcast host and I'm a member of the the, the community. So but but rainforest is in my blood. I love it. I, I'm a huge part of it wherever I can stick myself. But ultimately, rainforest is actually a movement. A lot of people think it's a formal organization, but it's actually a movement. And it's a bunch of people who have decided on agreement of a way of being which is the social contract which is 10 items that if you read those 10 items and you think yeah that's a way to that's a way to be then you sign the contract digitally and you become part of the rainforest movement first of all did i miss anything or is there anything you'd like to add to kind of give a little bit more clarity clarity on what rainforest i think you got like a, a lot of it i know that they also worked with consultants in california to bring the 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 like the book and the tech ecosystem here to calgary because yeah it was just starting out in 2015 2016 so they wanted to bring that to calgary my understanding is is that after that initial meeting yes there were some consultants out of the states who were working with this analogy as well it was not the original authors, which I think is a misconception I've often heard. It was a, a few other folks. I want to say Henry Doss or something, but the name escapes me. Um, but they also, I, I believe, they spearheaded the scorecard assessment. But the scorecard assessment at the time was meant for, was created for the use within organizations, uh, not necessarily within ecosystems. And so there's an evolution of our own scorecard since then, but I believe they helped with the scorecard and and other aspects of developing the movement and kind of this social structure around which we operate. And then after a handful of years, my understanding is that those consultants said, you've really grown out of our work, Alberta. So, you know, fly free little birdie sort of thing. And we've been flying free and depending kind of on the leadership in, within the movement at the time, the active leadership within the movement at the time, things have ebbed and flowed over the years. But I, yeah, I, we could talk about the evolution of the scorecard if, yes. if that makes sense, because it's, it's almost time to, to do that again. So after we were utilizing this scorecard from these consultants and they told us to fly free. The community then decided that the scorecard needed some adjustments because of the changes that were happening in the ecosystem. And so the community came together and they made those adjustments together as a, a few years later. Well, we started to honestly see a bit of a decline in participation. And when we started to look at, at the, the survey questions within the scorecard, we recognized that there were some kind of survey inconsistencies and issues with really collecting good, good data. And so last year, a year and a half ago, we engaged, well, I guess almost two years ago, we engaged a diversity, equity and inclusion expert who helped us develop some questions so we could really identify how different demographics were experienced in the ecosystem. And then last year we brought in 
uh, psychometrics expert, Janelle Morgan, who's fantastic from she's studying, getting her PhD at the UFC. And then we brought in Cashew, a local data analytics company. They likely do more. I'm not an expert on their value proposition, but a great company here in Calgary. And so now we've got this team. I think we're now five or six of us are all women leading this team of kind of this new newly developed scorecard. And the hope is now to stop changing the scorecard so we can really can get some consistent data year over year. At the root, it's very similar to what it was when, you know, where it started. But the questions are just been refined so that the data can be better quality. And so the 2022 survey will be released immediately after the new year, January 2nd. So if you're sitting on your couch over the holidays and want to fill that out before you get back to the crazy work year ahead, but it will be open, I think, for three weeks. So you'll see a lot about that on our social channels. And we hope to last year was our, our biggest participation. It was the biggest sample size, I guess, we've ever had. And we hope this year is even bigger and we really want to capture diverse voices within the ecosystem. So yes, spread the word January 2nd. You'll be able to find that link on our socials and website and and everywhere else. From my perspective as a, an ecosystem participant, I remember some of the first times that I filled out the original survey and it was very confusing on am I answering on behalf of the company I work for, which was hard because I worked for like three companies or I had my own company and then I had worked for other companies. And so that was totally confusing. And then it was like, or do I answer based on my understanding of the ecosystem? You know, and there is there is certain questions in there that were something like, you know, what role do you think government plays in this particular thing? And I'm like, I didn't have experience with that. So how how would I answer that? But the most recent version of the survey, which I answered, which I think was last year, I felt that it was a lot more cohesive and, and a lot easier to understand. And um I think we, the important thing is just at the very beginning of that is is putting that expectation of how you're answering the question, whether it's on behalf of your feelings of the ecosystem versus your the company that you work for or whatever. I think if that if that one thing is made clear and everybody keeps that in mind as they're answering the questions, then like you said, so much work was done on it. It's so much more clear now and so much more cohesive now. As the years go by, if the survey doesn't change, then you can start comparing annual data against previous years. And then it starts to answer some really interesting questions. Yeah. And I will say that even though it has changed, I do feel like the data can be it, it is comparable still. The questions are just written in a way where it's clearer what we're asking. Uh, additionally, I don't think we mentioned that the scorecard measures the six pillars that make up the ecosystem. And this comes from the rainforest analogy. And the six pillars are not weighted equally. The heaviest weighted pillars are culture and leadership, which together make up 50% of the weighting. And the other four pillars are, and here's me being tested, resources, policy and infrastructure, engaged activities. Culture. <laughs> Got that one. Leadership. <laughs> Got that one. We're missing one. Engaged activities, resources, policy and infrastructure. Role model. How could we forget role model? Policy and infrastructure, engaged activities and resources. Those four pillars make up 50% of the weighting and culture and leadership are obviously the heaviest weighted. We are driven particularly by those two pillars. And for uh, there's often this misconception of are we measuring the rainforest or are we measuring the ecosystem? Well, 
in our opinion, the rainforest is the ecosystem. The ecosystem is the rainforest. So yes, as you mentioned, I'll measure your individual experience, your own lived experience within the ecosystem, not necessarily your companies, but your own lived experience. And one other thing I'll add there, if you are new to the ecosystem, do not shy away. We want your perspective. We often hear, oh, I just started in tech. I don't feel comfortable answering. Your perspective is probably more important than most. So <laughs> that's maybe not true. Everyone's is important. But please take eight minutes. It takes on average eight minutes to fill the survey out and help us come to, to a measurement of where we sit within these six pillars. And then I guess I should say, because podcasts essentially live on forever and and we try obviously this this particular episode can't be you know generically time-based it has to have some of this stuff like the surveys coming up in january what with with regards to someone who might be listening to this episode you know well into 2023 or something is this scorecard something that sort of is is you can kind of always take it and answer it or do we have a very specific period where it's kind of done and over with and you have to wait for the next one we have a specific period where it is open. So 2023, it'll be open in January and then it'll close in January. So, but you are able to look at the past years online. You can look at the reports. You just won't be able to answer until the next year. Okay. Is it annual then? Yes, it is an annual assessment. So, so if you're listening to this podcast in between January and the following year, be a, become part of the rainforest, get involved, you know, meet the people, get, get, comfortable in the ecosystem. And then when the following year comes up, you can answer the scorecard again. To add to that too, as Amber said, the, the reports are online. They live online all the time. And they're a really great representation of what is actually happening within certain areas in the ecosystem. So if you are an ecosystem builder, and I would argue that's everyone working within it, seeing that document doesn't hurt when you're doing research around your own products or your own founding your own companies or doing strategic planning within your ecosystem support type of organization because the the issues and the highs and lows identified in that report are going to be relevant to you if you're working in Calgary Tech. Excellent. I really like that point. Thanks for making that, Bridget. Also, well, let, let's set the, the scorecard aside. We're, when we talk about the, the, the rainforest contract, the social contract, I understand that a few companies have actually adopted the the rainforest social contract for themselves as an organization to be able to kind of guide how they their people operate or their 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 company operates that's that's a welcome thing right like we we encourage that is that correct the social contract is something that you should just live by you know they're they're values that every person should incorporate into their life and their professional life and and yeah there are quite a few individuals that are living these values already, people that are in the rainforest exemplify them. And there are companies that are taking this on too. And I, I know like Good Lawyer has started to implement their own social contract in their company and Crin as well. They have a, a social contract, the Clean Resource Innovation Network have started to implement into their company as well. So it's really awesome to see companies taking that and putting it into their own company for their employees. And it's also cool to see individuals taking that as well and living these values every day. I'm going to shift the conversation just a touch here. We've, we've talked a lot about the past and, and kind of the way things are, but you two specifically, along with quite a few leaders and organizations have been working really, really hard on talking about the future of Rainforest. 
So I'm wondering, maybe you've got a couple little secrets that you can't divulge, but maybe you can kind of give us an idea of where you see the rainforest heading in 2023. Boy, we have a lot to say on this topic right now. There are so many individuals stepping up in the rainforest right now. It actually brought me to tears a couple of weeks ago when they were all in a room together. It makes my lip quiver thinking about it. But a really exciting time. I think one thing that can be challenging in this role is we receive feedback all of the time, which of course is great. But we have a lot of folks who will say, it's not like it used to be. We used to do this. Well, we're innovators. So let's stop looking to the past and start looking to the future. And even though we are doing a lot of new initiatives in the rainforest, we're always focused on the core of the movement, which is the social contract and this new and kind of the innovation of, of being and the innovation of ways. And so part of the work that we'll be doing will really be a response to the ever quickly changing world that we live in. And and that really will kind of be rooted in, well, we've done some work. You would have seen us over Innovation Week talking about rethinking leadership. So leadership has been a hot topic. It's a huge, heavily weighted pillar, 20% of kind of, you know, what makes up the ecosystem. But what is leadership today? It's not what it has been traditionally. It's not about hierarchy. It's not about power, which I've just makes me cringe. I've had leaders talk to me about, about power. It's really kind of, it's so aligned with Rainforest in that it is innovating how we act. And so we've been working with some real thought leaders on the topic, Alicia White and Megan Donahoe, who have helped lead us in this new way of thinking around leadership being about about generosity, about curiosity, about challenging our own biases and assumptions, about empathy, psychological safety, all of these really buzzwords that are that are kind of going around, but are really and truly important. So how can we shift the way we think as leaders in the ecosystem? That will be work we will continue to do into the new year. Additionally, and very complimentary. But anyway, maybe I'll let Amber talk about Inkly. Do you want to talk about it? It's a pilot that we're really excited about, and it's a platform for generosity and curiosity. And so once you join the platform, it's really about mentorship and asking those questions. And so we encourage everyone to go on there. It's really awesome in a sense where you ask a question that you're you're curious about for a topic and you get matched with someone that can answer that question. And that's specific to that topic. And you can add resources and it's instantaneous. So it's swiping right on meaningful connections. And it's it's been really awesome so far to see all these people asking questions and leaders in the ecosystem that are not only asking questions, but responding to questions. And anyone can go in there and just share what they're looking for. Okay, so it's driven by curiosity, fueled by generosity. And that's why it's so aligned with with the rainforest movement. Additionally, we really see this platform as an exciting pilot because it's something we can we can probably take across the province. We're just testing it in Calgary right now, though. If you're outside of Calgary and you're connected to our ecosystem, you're more than welcome. If you've signed the social contract, you would have received a link to join the platform. And if you haven't, just connect with us or check out our social media and I'm sure you'll find your way there. Anyway, I think there was a podcast last week or a couple of weeks ago with the founder of Inkly, Rebecca. She talked a lot more about kind of this purpose-driven platform and the power that it can bring. Where we really saw alignment with the gaps we see in our ecosystem is that 
we always hear in the scorecard that resources are hard to find. It's hard for entrepreneurs to, you know, get their head out of the sand because they're busy and and see what resources are available. And my goodness, are there a plethora of resources available? So it's really hard to navigate. There are many mapping tools out there, but even finding your way through those can be a challenge. And so with Inkly, all you have to do is pose a question on the platform. How do I find an accelerator that matches XYZ criteria or where do I find mentors in this particular area or whatever the question might be? And your question will be matched uniquely to individuals who have specifically that experience and skill set to answer the question. And so not only that, but we've already heard stories of the continued connection that happens after that question's answered. Like, oh my goodness, James Lockery just answered my question. Now I connect with him and we're having a conversation about how, you know, I can move my startup forward or whatever. I'm just giving an example. But there are some great leaders on the platform already. We'd love to see as much participation as we can because it really works with, you know, the masses and higher volumes. The more people we can get on there, the more individual skill sets and knowledge sets and opportunities we'll have available to everyone else. And we're really excited about where, where that's taking us. What's happening in the new year? We are we are rethinking the the branding of Lunch Without Lunch because, you know, the cadence of the event is great. It's where everybody in the ecosystem knows to to send each other. That is where you come every Wednesday, 12 to 1. You know, we will be there to welcome you into the community, to share founder stories, to share ideas, to connect, to collide. But why can't we bring our lunch? Because it's over the lunch hour. And why do we have to, to hold off eating? And no one can think clearly when they're not only that, but we've also found that Some of the language we use in the rainforest and in the broader ecosystem can be incredibly confusing. Like how many three-letter acronyms are there out there? The LWOL, what does that really mean to somebody new to the ecosystem or someone living within it already? And so we're running a contest right now. You can check it out on our social media, find the, the form that you can submit a new a new name for this weekly event that will actually capture the magic. That happens every Wednesday at noon. Uh, So if you have any great ideas, please fill out the form and submit them. And we'll be launching the new name and unveiling it in 2023 alongside a new format for that weekly event. So we can hint a bit at that. We hope to be moving around the city like we had done pre-COVID. We want to meet innovators where they are at. So that might be at the Platform Innovation Center. That might be at the library. It might be a business. So if you'd like to host us, <laughs> please, please reach out to Amber or I, and we'd love to bring the movement to you. And what else can we hint at for the new year, Amber? We are working with Inclusity to make our social contract more diverse and more inclusive. So right now, some of the language on there is a little bit hard to read and it it's it doesn't really make a it doesn't sometimes doesn't make a lot of sense to newcomers to Canada and to some of like some people in the ecosystem. I, I love the like the the analogy that, that Bridget sometimes says, you know, like the elephant in the room, like it, it does make sense to some people, but to other people, it's like, what do you mean an elephant in the room? Like, what does that call out the elephant in the room? What does that mean? So we're working with Inclusity to work with a bunch of users to test the language that we're using in the social contract to rewrite it and make it more inclusive and diverse diverse for people that are coming to the rainforest to better understand that. So we're really excited about that. 
I want to add one more hint for the new year around calling out the elephant in the room. Something that the social contract was created for was to keep people accountable. I mentioned this at Lunch Without Lunch this week, actually, talking about just signing the social contract is one thing. You gain access to this incredible community, and that's fantastic. But what does it really mean to live by the social contract? And what does it mean to call others out who are not living by the social contract or a new term we've we've learned in the rainforest calling people in. We can thank Rachel Wade, our DEI expert for for teaching us about how to call people in. And so watch for some really honest conversations coming in 2023. There have been some really challenging topics brought to our attention as to how some individuals are experiencing the ecosystem where they're not feeling included nor do they belong and in and in some cases just being treated very poorly. So we will be having those conversations and we will be talking about how we start to shift mindsets away from, you know, some of these things being OK. The contract was created to to create this transparent and trusting culture. And we can't do that if if people are just signing it and then not not actually living by it. So watch for watch for that. Nice. And I do love I do love the concept of traveling around the city and going to businesses, because I remember prior to COVID, Rainforest Lunch Without Lunch was always in person. And they would have in kind of in the summertime, it would be Rainforest Lunch Without Lunch on tour. And we went to Benevity and we went to all these other places. And and it was so exciting to be a part of that. Yeah, sometimes parking was a bit of a pain and sometimes the travel time was a bit of a pain. But when you when you made the effort, it was so worth it. Um, you know, great collisions, great experiencing new, com- you know, being being inside of a company that you've heard so much about and being able to see what their culture is really like was so inspiring and fun. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. We are probably at the point where we should kind of wrap this up. Is there anything that we missed chatting about that you think we should just take a quick stab at? No, but I didn't mention the participation of Inception U over the past little while. Greg Hart, Margot Purcell, so many more. All of the team at Inception U have been supporting us with some creative ways of thinking and acting. And Ty McKinney, others, I wish I could remember them all. But I just want to say thank you to to those folks and the others we've mentioned already who have been stepping up. Last week, Greg led us through an exercise where we were talking about, I forget the exact question he posed now, but it was... It was about it. Was it about creating a more inclusive ecosystem or I forget. But somebody said, well, we're talking so much. How do we act on these things? And the people we've mentioned today are acting. They are stepping up. They are stepping out of their comfort zones. They are stepping uh, up for our community and they're participating in making this change. So we just urge everybody to find ways to step up and we're happy to support you with the, the the resources we do have. But if you'd like to be part of some of this new stuff we're doing and some of these topics excite you, then just get in touch. There are many ways to participate. And yeah, we're really thankful for those who, who have been helping recently, including yourself, Al. Thank you. And yeah, that's that's actually really real, real because... I remember back in the day when I when I first approached the community manager, Mackenzie Bedford, and I said, you know what, you know, it'd be really cool is if the rainforest had a podcast. And she just looked me in the eye and said, great idea. Go for it. And it's not about armchair quarterbacking. It's not about saying you guys should do this. You guys should do this. You should, it's about going, hey, I think this would be great. 
how can we make this happen? And then taking a leadership role and getting something happening. Yeah, I love that. And like Bridget said, with all those people and like with you, you're doers. That's the thing. You have an idea, you go for it, you do it. And that's what you have, like, that's what you need to do in the rainforest. And that's what I love about everyone that's in the rainforest and taking their ideas and just going for it and just doing it and setting the way for this, for leaders, for this new wave of leaders. And so thank you for stepping up and being a leader and, and, and doing the podcast and for everyone that we're working with too, to just bringing these things into their own and bringing them to the forefront of rainforest and congrats on episode 200 as well. Thank you very, very much for that. And I really appreciate it. I really appreciate, I'll take a moment here just to thank all of the hosts that have been on the podcast over the years. You know, it, it's, it is some work, like it's not, it's not trivial, the amount of effort that's put in, but it's fun. And I think if you talk to any of the hosts that have done the Rainforest podcast, it's, it's a lot of fun. You get to, you know, sit down and laugh and have a great conversation with people and yet it's recorded. So it's there for posterity and to share with everybody else. On that note, I'll just, in closing, I'll just say the, the, the podcast, we always want new hosts. We want to the community to step up and take an episode or more. We have people like Peter Baudouin and Adam Legate and Val McCarty who, who do tons of episodes and we kind of interleave them together so that you you know, you have multiple or a different host each week if possible. And I really strongly encourage you to step up and volunteer to be a host. Um, also, we're always looking for guests. If you're interested in being on the show as a guest, please reach out. And finally, sponsorship. We're, we To make this show possible, there are financial things involved for hosting and editing and things like that. So if you are able to sponsor the show, that really helps us out a lot and helps us keep going. Let's head for another 100 episodes in 2023. Uh, thank you all for being here, Bridget and Amber. Thank you very much for being a part of this episode and doing all that you do for the rainforest ecosystem and, and all the other stuff that you do. I mean, you're both incredibly busy people. So thanks for taking the time to join me today. Thanks Al. Thanks Al. All right. See you next week. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the rainforest social contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by New Idea Machine. We build great custom software while bridging the gap between education and experience. New Idea Machine makes your ideas real. Visit newideamachine.com for more info. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.